generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Welcome in, you are listening to another episode of keepthechange.co.nz's Money Mail and it is a big old day, it is budget day here in New Zealand, it's also the day at the next advisory uh, accounting practice, we got some signage up on the wall, I'm just looking at that as I record this podcast and shit it looks pretty good, so with that out of the way, very quick story for you before we get into the budget which has been labelled a number of different things, securing our future, the boring budget, I think that's what next advisory called the budget last year. Um, uh, taking us backwards, the backwards budget, I think, one of the other political parties and all these other shit chat names that people have given to it. We'll dig into some of that, but I've just come back from Australia and I promised I'd give you a little bit of an insight as to how I found that. Now, I've been to Australia a number of times, and not like heaps of times, but just for weekends, Melbourne, Sydney, my friends live in Sydney, um, family lives in Melbourne, and to Gold Coast, for instance, really like it there. And this time, it was obviously a first time since COVID, and we were told, look, you need to do a rat test when you get there, and upload that somewhere, but not sure where to. When we got there, we weren't asked to do that, we weren't even, there was nothing about COVID when we got in there, and to come back, it was the complete opposite, where we needed to have a supervised rat test, and we had to go and waste an hour and a half trying to find a pharmacy that would do it. It cost $100 New Zealand. By the time you're done, you had to upload it to this digital platform, which keep crashing because it couldn't accept photos off of your phone. And it was just uh, a bit of a rigmarole. So we were very lucky that we got to the airport with enough time and that we did our rat test the day before rather than the day of because we thought, oh, this would be easy. We'll be able to squeeze it in. And my mate that I was travelling with even wanted to take our own rat tests and said, well, why, why should we buy them? We can just uh, take our own. But... Uh, they won't let you do that, but it was um, yeah, it was very interesting going to Australia where no one was talking about COVID, no one was really wearing masks. Uh, you got in an Uber off the airport, and the Uber driver's not wearing a mask, and the people taking your uh, rat test supervision are sort of like they don't want to be doing it. They're like, oh, this is a real pain in the ass for us, and we're having to do a number of these every day, and. It's just boring and it's getting in the way of us doing other forms of work and prescription type work and flu vaccines for, for people and it just almost felt like COVID was sort of over over there and it made me think 
how scared uh, some people are in New Zealand of COVID if they travelled, and I'm sure they wouldn't because it just wouldn't make sense for them, but just how surprised I think they'd be if they went and saw that people are just carrying on and are really just done with it by the seams and weren't really interested in talking about it. Went to Magic Round, a sporting event, and uh, you didn't have to scan it or do anything. And yeah, I guess for the first time when going to Australia, I thought, hmm, Aussie feels a lot different to New Zealand now. And even some of my New Zealand friends that live in Australia said, yeah, I can't really look at your guys' news anymore and get updates because it's just too depressing and it sounds like everyone's complaining and um, no one's just getting on with it and it doesn't seem like things are progressing and they're not changing. And I thought, wow, that's um, a really sad thing, I guess, to hear from talented Kiwi people leaving that are now looking back. And I thought, I wonder how many other people think like that. But uh, interestingly, came back, got back in time for Seven Sharp with uh, a bit of dinner, flicked that on. First story was about, um, you know, how come some people don't get COVID? And I thought, wow, you know, I hadn't heard anything about that for the last five days in Aussie. And here we are you know, talking about how some people get it and some people don't. And then today, again, um, we have the flashing red thing of how many cases and then we talk in the budget, which is an economical, economic type conversation about how many people have died because of COVID and how many people have been protected from dying and how we've done so well during COVID and all this stuff. And yeah, maybe I just was in a little bit of an Australian bubble where people weren't talking about any of that stuff. But it was very, very noticeable, just polar opposite type countries. And I'm sure they will, um, you know, they would have had their time of that and stuff. But it's kind of reassuring to see that we're going to get past all of this at some stage. And I don't know when that some stage is but I'm sure we will get there too. But let's get into this week's budget because you probably don't care about my trip too much, which is fair enough because no one likes someone that goes travelling and comes back with a thousand stories and everyone's like, yeah, cool, mate, I've been here working for the last week, so I don't really care about how you've had fun and you saw a turtle or a seal or whatever at SeaWorld, so tell me what we need to know from the budget. And I'll tell you from the top, there's not too much, but there is a little bit of a big announcement. There's a little bit of a lolly scramble of cash that they think going to impact two million people, so we'll get into that. But from the top, uh, Budget 2022, what it means. The Government of New Zealand released their budget for the first or for the next financial year. Now, remember that the Government financial year ends on, the, ends on the 30th of June. So their financial year runs from 1 July to 30 June. And the budget gets a lot of people talking and debating about what should or shouldn't be in there, what things should get spent and what shouldn't be spent, and what's fair and what isn't, and how do we even define what fair is. I don't know the answer to that, and I don't think there is an answer to that. But I did recently listen to a politician speak, and I'm not going to say who this person is, but you could probably just about guess with the way that they were sort of talking, but I don't want to overlay my bias or your bias towards this politician. I think most of them are well-intentioned, but I don't know, they just, it's their job, I guess, and we'll get to that as we go too. But something they said stuck out to me, which I thought was pretty cool, and they explained that we need to move away from thinking along the lines of what's in it for me. And we need to be thinking about what sort of person we want to be individually and what sort of values we want to live by as a nation. I thought, shit, that's kind of what we talk about with Keep the Change. So I quite like that because we've spoken about values before and we often talk about, okay, what are our goals? Where are we wanting to go? But he was talking, oh, I've said he. So now it's down to only a couple. Well, it could be any politician, couldn't it? But I'm talking leaders here, so you can probably just about guess 
who the leader is, uh, a male leader, and I thought um, that was it was really deep stuff. But I'd guess that most people wouldn't be thinking about values for themselves, let alone values of a nation. Now, I'm sure if we were to sit down as a nation and do a brainstorm of values, there'd be a lot of crossover and we'd probably be able to do it as an exercise, but I don't think it's something that people would actually sit down to do. But we've spoken about values before, so this is probably why it stood out to me, and I think that we can all be doing this exercise individually. Now, in parts of my role, we work with businesses to clearly define their values that govern their business. So Next Advisory has values, for instance. And these values help the business owners with the decision-making, how to act, hiring and setting standards and what they're going to accept and what they're not going to accept. Now, there's no reason why we can't do this exercise individually, like I say. But because it does seem like a lot of chat recently is centred around, well, what's in it for me? Even articles about the budget were titled, The Budget, What's In It For You? Well, naturally... This is how we think, isn't it? Because most of us come from a point of thinking from self-interest, which is fair enough. It's just how we're wired. So the media, when they're talking about the budget, are like, well, to get you interested and excited, what's in it for you? But the politician was basically saying, like, how long can we keep going down that path of thinking about ourselves individually rather than stopping and go, okay, what do we want for other people? What do, what do we want as a vision for this country? And where do we want to be going? And that stuff doesn't seem to be too clearly defined. And when I looked at the budget that was announced for the next financial year, it just seems to be more of the same of, okay, we've got a problem over there, we better repair it, Um, we've got some spending that needs to be done over there, Uh, we've got some extra cash, we probably just put it into that, oh, we're going to do heaps about climate change, let's allocate three billion over there, Um, but we've tried that before and not sure we've made any progress, reports come out, hmm hasn't really worked. Or oh, mental health, we know that's a problem. Let's throw two billion at that. Hey, has anyone had any improvements of that? Or oh, I think the statistics aren't necessarily uh, agreeing with that. And um, there's been a report about mental health not really improving through or the access and whatnot through the the two billion that they threw at that as well. So uh, I, I'm like I'm not having a crack at what uh, a political party does. I'm just saying that. There doesn't seem to be some sort of clear vision of where we're trying to get to when we allocate these budgets. So for you and I, when we set a budget, obviously we're figuring out, okay, we need to spend money on this because it keeps a, a, a roof over our head. Now we need some food and whatnot, and that's going to allow us to carry on to our next week. But usually the bit off the back of that that we want to be thinking about too is goals and where am I going? Am I trying to buy a house? Am I trying to uh, put my kid into a school that I couldn't have if I didn't start saving now? Am I thinking about my retirement? That's where I'm going. Therefore, I need to be saving more. Am I thinking about paying down this debt? Am I thinking about um, giving myself a runway so that I can quit my job? We're usually using our excess cash or our budget to shape where we're going but those conversations don't really seem to come up when we talk at a national scale around what a budget is about. We're just like, well, health's pretty fucked. We better give it billions of dollars. Um, and, and then we just, oh, climate change, we know that's important. Let's just throw $3 billion. Well, what are we going to get off the back of that? I uh, don't really know, but we do know be doing something about it, so let's just allocate some money. So that's kind of an observation I've had, and I don't know if I'm being too critical, but or probably naturally back to my skill set and way that I think about it is futuristic and goal setting 
having measurable results and things like that. It's sort of what I do day in, day out. But um, yeah, we're not seeing too much of that. But if we continue to think about, well, what's in it for me, then where's that going to take us? Now, of course, we've got an election coming up in 2023, and we'll probably see and hear more of this too. We're thinking about, okay, who can I vote for, for what's in it for me? And after all, we know that a politician's key job is to look after you and I, isn't it? Well, just kidding, it's to get re-elected. Let's be very clear on that. But apologies to any politicians that are listening to this. Uh, we know you're well-intentioned, but I'd like to make that my gag, that really their main role is to get re-elected. What I've noticed is that we don't stop to ask too many questions along the way too. As an example, there's been plenty of chat lately about removing the top 39% tax bracket. So I think National have said that they're going to get rid of that and so then Labour are like, oh, well, you know, you're looking after your rich friends and um, how much are you going to get back? And people are like, yeah, what the fuck? Like, we shouldn't get rid of that. That's great that we've got that. Uh, because 2 to 3% of people pay that, so then naturally you'd be like, well, you know, they're just trying to make rich people richer. But I think a lot of people forget that this was only introduced from the 1st of April 2021. So it's only been in for one financial year. Now, when this rate was introduced, it was thought that about 2% of our working population would fall into this new rate. But they actually underestimated this by 44,000 people. So they've collected way more tax than they would have expected to because there were 44,000 more people in that tax bracket that are now paying tax on income above 180,000 people, uh, on $180,000. But I've not once seen anyone say, hey, what did we do with all that new cash? What's that being spent on? And how much is it? We're just sort of going... Uh, you can't say that you're going to get rid of it, that's bullshit, you're just trying to help out your rich mates and blah, blah, blah. We're not thinking, hang on, what do we, what do, we do with all that cash? Now then there's the fact that wages have risen as well. People are moving up tax brackets and consequently paying higher taxes. We'll get into this a little bit below, because this bit's important. Yesterday, we got, on, we got a bit of an insight as to what our country will be spending money on, and here is a bit of a summary from One News. So, uh, I copy and pasted this yesterday, by the time you're listening to this, yesterday, so it could be updated if you go to find it, but uh, literally this was a copy and paste and I added in a couple of bits, but then I'll tell you which bits. So there's a new cost of living payment for people earning up to $70,000. Now this is probably the big talking point from the budget and this is what all the summaries were and the highlights and the will lead the news and all that stuff because it's literally a lot of people getting money. So it's going to mean something to people that are like, shit, that's actually tangible compared to, oh, we're going to spend $3 billion on health, which is way down the list, but people are like, okay, well, fuck, we've heard that before, and what does that actually mean, and does it mean that when I go to uh, the hospital, it's going to be any different in three years' time? People, you know, you're not going to know, so we're going to get people excited by saying, look, if you're earning up to 70 grand, we're going to give you $350. Now, I've entered this, but this is administered by the IRD from the 1st of August. Now, I'm pretty sure that that's the date of the first payment. The payment will be made available to eligible individuals who earned up to 70k during the period from the 1st of April 2021 to the 31st of March 2022. Now, because I'm a geek and I know that you're not going to go and do this, what I did do is I went to the IRD website and I thought, those bastards, they would already know that this was going to happen, so they must have some information on it. And sure enough, they did. And basically they said that they're going to check your sources of income from between the April the 1st, 2021, through to the 31 March 2022, which is the tax year that's just finished. And they're going to check 
if you've earned over 70 grand, you're not going to have to do anything. And you, if you are eligible, you will start to get those payments. Now, it's not taxable income, from what I understand. Uh, I can't remember the correct terminology. Um, what is it? A tax relief, I think, is what it is called. And so you're not going to get taxed on that, is what I understand. But the information that I had at hand at this stage of writing this and recording this was very lean. So I'd imagine there are th- some things in here that are going to change because my first thought was, did someone that got paid 10 grand get $350? And does someone that get paid $69,000 or 69999 are they going to get 350 So is everyone getting the same or is it going to be like an up to? Is it going to get scaled? But I couldn't find at the time of writing this any info on that. So by the time you listen to this, that could have changed. Uh, and as that stuff comes out, I will try to update people on that as well. But huge talking point, if people earn under $70,000, they're going to be getting $350 back from the IRD. So that's probably paid for by those people who are now paying tax on 39% of their income. And now did you know down the bottom is that the cost of living payment is expected to apply to 2.1 million people and cost about $814 million. So our 39% tax rate has probably paid for that. But I can't find what we've collected from our 39% tax rate and going back further up, no one seems to have asked that question either. But I'm sure it will be out there somewhere and I will come across it at some stage and I'll be able to tell you. Now let's get into some of these other things. The fuel tax and road user charge cut as well as half price public transport is to be extended for another two months. Someone's ringing me from Auckland, I'm sorry I can't talk to you right now, I'm recording Keep the Change, get out of here. And that's going to be great for people who are travelling a lot via public transport and paying for their petrol because petrol is very expensive as we know. Now there's also ongoing half price public transport for community service card holders. Is urgent new law to go through Parliament to try to get down grocery prices by introducing more competition? I don't know what that's going to look like or how they're going to introduce competition, but that's going to be interesting. Uh, there's $3.1 billion for Health New Zealand over two years, 168 for Māori Health Authority over four years, $191 million over two years to Pharmac to buy medicines, 248 new paramedics. That's good. That's good stuff, isn't it? Like we've actually got... Uh, tangible numbers, 248. I wonder how they come up with 248. Shout out to you if you're a paramedic or going to become one. Uh, We need people like you. Thank you for doing what you do. But obviously we need to spend some money in that health space because it seems like our approach towards COVID has been very risk averse because we knew that our health system wasn't going to cope. Now, I can tell you uh, firsthand that there is a shit ton of wastage in this space in our country. Now, if you think about it, there are different district health boards all across the country, and they all needed to get the message out about COVID, for instance, or something like get vaccinated for the flu season, and they all need a communications person to be able to do that, that sort of thing. And so they've all got to like hire someone or contract someone to do that, and they're probably all doing it, I don't know how many DHBs there are, but they're all probably doing it a completely different way. And that's where inefficiencies and wastage start to come into sectors, especially if they're being funded, where um, they're going to get allocated money from a budget. They're like, oh, well, we've just got to spend up to what we get from that budget. But I think there's some changes happening in that space where it kind of centralises what's going to be going out across the country um, rather than it becoming or coming to you from different sorts of regions. But once you start to 
think about that times by heaps of different councils and different government agencies and different areas, you think, wow, you know, how much pe- well, how much money is getting spent uh, to make these things tick. But into the next one, scrapping a rule that denies sole parents on benefits their child support payments. So I'm not too familiar with that one, but there's obviously a rule that stops sole parents who are on benefits from getting their child support. I think that was an old rule, so that sort of makes sense to get rid of that because it doesn't seem very fair, does it? But again, what is fair? There's also emergency dental grants that have been increased from $300 to $1,000. And when I looked into this one, you didn't actually have to be getting some sort of emergency type work. It could be some uh, work that you really needed, but you couldn't afford. And I don't really know what the qualification criteria is for that, but Maybe I'll do a keep the change on that at some stage, but uh, I'd imagine that you probably have to be on a benefit or uh, under an income threshold to be able to access something like that. You know what's going to happen there. The people, the dentists that serve those people, their fees are probably going to go up. But um, Luke, you shouldn't say that. But hey, it's just what happens out there. Now, price the house price caps for first home loans are to be removed. And I think the tiers around which... How much of a grant you could get have been changed as well. So if you're in the market for a first home loan, you want to Google house price caps for first home loans being removed, budget 2022, and you'll find some information on there. So there you go. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight bullet points, and there'll be more stuff in there too, and we'll slowly flesh it out. But um, I didn't. I thought there might be something in there around, or the one I campaign for every year, and I know I'm beating my head against a, a wall is that you and I should be able to go to therapy, go to counselling, maybe go to physio, get ourselves right um, and actually look after our mental health, look after our physical health, even if it's capped every year at say $2,000. If we're spending that on ourselves to improve our lives, to make ourselves better, to therefore be less reliant on the health system, then why can't we get a tax deduction for that? Say your income is 60 grand for the year, you wouldn't pay tax on 60 grand, you'd pay tax on 50, uh, 58 grand. So it'd be the 60 minus the 58, you're taking the initiative to go and look after yourself. Like, think about this, we're spending 3.1 on Health New Zealand over the next two years and we continue to spend all this cash, what about the people that are proactively trying to look after themselves and get themselves better and figure out their problems and actually go to therapy and do those types of things that are going to mean that they contribute in society and are um, actively trying to, to fight back with some of these things that they're dealing with and paying for that out of their own pocket, why shouldn't we subsidise that in some form by actually allowing a tax deduction? That would be cool to see, I think, but I'm probably dreaming there, and there'd be counter-arguments as to why that can't happen. But also nothing in there around sort of improving technology for businesses, for instance, or productivity, or anything sort of too um, radical, or world-beating, or uh, world-leading, for instance. So uh, maybe... Those are buried deeper in, and because they're not going to affect too many people, they haven't been reported on, but I couldn't see anything when I had a bit of a look, but I'll continue to be diving in as a, at the time of recording this and writing this. It is still quite fresh information. 
But there is something in there for 2 million Kiwis directly, as this is the number of people who are estimated to be eligible for the $350 cost of living payment, as we've mentioned. Now, if we think about this some more, going back to, you know, people not asking questions and things, like, there'll be a lot of people going, shit, you know, sweet, this is me. This is me, I'm going to get this 350 this is brilliant. Two ticks labour next start, you know. Like, I think if I was Grant Robertson, I'm like, fuck, I'm just... This is a masterstroke. I'm going to give 2 million people 350 bucks. And next year, when the election's on, I'm going to remind you, hey, I looked after you. Those national people and everyone else, you know, they're not going to do this for you, but I am. And they're probably going to do something similar next year. I'd suggest this is probably just a bit of a warm-up. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if they win some people back over in the polls. But let's just think about this a little bit more, okay? Let's put some more critical thinking behind this. Now, the tax threshold that we have in New Zealand, it moves, from 17.5% to 30% above $48,000. So that means that as soon as you earn over $48,000, every dollar that you earn above it is taxed at 30%. Then it goes to 33 above 70000 Now, in the 2022 financial year, if you received a $1,000 pay rise to take you to $49,000, the extra $1,000 will have been taxed at 30%, and you will have paid $300 tax on that $1,000. A number of people have recently received pay, rise, pay rises as their incomes have increased. For people over $48,000 who did, the cost of living payment of $350 will effectively refund them just over one year's tax on $1,000 of their income. What I'm basically saying is that say you were sitting around that 48k threshold and you moved into the 30% tax bracket, the government are now giving you tax back on just $1,000 of your pay rise. So you're getting it back. So that's sort of what it's comparable to. And the reason I tell you this is that a number of people on minimum wage will have done a shit ton of overtime and they will have moved above the $48,000 tax bracket and then they start getting pinged 30% in tax. And this cost of living payment is effectively refunding one year's tax on $1,000 of that income above $48,000. Does that really mean anything? Hmm, you know, maybe it doesn't, but to some people they would go, yeah, that's a good point. You know, I asked for a pay rise because think everything's going up and I've been reading Keep the Change and I've been learning and I we spoke about inflation and I think it was October 2020, uh, 2020 or 2021. I have to go back and find it, but one of our very early articles, we were talking about this, and it was like we were about to get taxed, and we thought, fuck, we need to be smart about this. We need to maybe ask for an increase. So that's what we've done. That's kicked a lot of people, some people, above the $48,000 tax threshold, and then they're going to get taxed at 30% for the income above that forty-eight grand. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if people have thought about it that way, that, yeah, it's all good and well, I'm going to get 350 bucks, but because I went over that forty-eight k my tax on that, on just on $1,000 of that, is effectively that same amount of money. Now, we can dig into some of these extra points and further lessons, and I'll wait for more detail to come out too, and just kind of review some analysis and see what else I can find. But um, I guess I want to tell you that there's a high chance that this budget, this budget, budget, shit, budget, she's been a long old day, this budget isn't as important as your budget, Okay. How the government spends its income is important because it's taxpayers, i.e. you, uh, and future taxpayers, i.e. we're borrowing, and then future generations are going to have to pay that back. It's their money. 
and our money. But your budget is way more important than this shit, okay? So yes, there's some stuff in here that's going to impact 2 million people, and you may, may be uh, one of them, but your budget is 10 times more important than this shit. Start to think about what you could do with that $350, if that's going to be you, and what can be the most productive thing to do with it. Don't just go back into old habits of, yes, you know, I can spend it on this, whatever. Maybe it's brilliant. I can pay down a third of my credit card. Now I've only got two thirds to go. Let's be really smart about our budget because there's a high chance that consecutive governments, whoever is in government, isn't going to be too uh, caref- uh, that isn't going to be too careful about what they're doing with their budget. So let's focus more on our budget because this week there'll be people who will spend more time focusing and talking about this budget than they will on their own budget. And there's a high chance they don't even have one of their own. But if the government can whack one together and start using billions and hand out some cash and whatnot, well then what's our excuse? I'm sure that you will be one of the people who will actually be thinking about budgeting because you're listening to something like this and you know how important it is to manage your incomes and your outgoings. If you don't take time to review your budget and cash position every month, then why not? Uh, That's something that I do at the end of every month. Again, I've suggested that before. Set a calendar reminder and start to think about it. I would even suggest to set a calendar reminder for the 30th of July, which is a couple of days before the 1st of August, where one of those first payments is going to get given to the people who qualify for the cost of living payment. And you might want to think, right, what can I do with this that's really, really smart so that you're not just like, oh, there's some extra cash in my bank account. Brilliant. You're actually going to have a plan and you're going to think, yes, I'm going to use this to my advantage. I'm not just going to go and wreck it down in the viaduct like a younger Luke would have done on a couple of Jaeger bombs. Um, and not saying that I didn't do a little bit of that in Australia as well. But, you know, let's be smart and let's think about our budget and the things that are going to really look after us. There we go. That has been a little bit of the budget. I've tried to keep it lighthearted and not too boring for you because people have said that this has been really boring, this budget. And I thought, well, shit, you know, there's a high chance you won't listen to this. So we have to review the stats down the track. But there you go. Uh, there's something in there for 2 million people at least. But let's think about what we can be doing for the country, how we can be giving back, what goals we want for ourselves, for our vision, for the future, for our families, for our communities, for our whanau, all those types of things, rather than just thinking, okay, what's in it for me? Because you guarantee there's about 2 million people that are going to be thinking like that because they're going to be told, whilst listening to things like this and to the media and blah, 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 and to politicians is, we've done something for you, there's something in this budget for you. But your budget is more important than their budget. Go out there and kick some ass. We'll see you next week. Thank you.